Amen. It's good to be here this morning. Hallelujah. I spoke to, to Damien. Did Damien show up? Is Damien here? I don't see him. No? Okay. It's a good friend. He's supposed to be here this morning. How about Champito? Did you make it? I ran into a guy by the name of Champito yesterday, prayed for him, invited him to church. Are you here this morning? No? no he's not here either. I told him if he doesn't come, he's going to hell, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say that. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, open them up to the book of Acts, chapter 18, verse 6. Acts 18. I'm just going to read that one verse, verse 6. And it says, But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes and protest, in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Father God, I pray that in these brief moments that you would speak to us through your word. We thank you already for what you have instilled upon our hearts through the praise dance, uh, through the words that were spoken by uh, Caesar, Lord. And I just pray that you would continue, Father God, to impress upon us something from these words here, Lord God that you would speak to us, guide us, give us clarity and direction. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, amen. 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 And as was stated earlier, our goal for this month, uh, actually for this year, this year is for us to finish the work God has given us to do. Whatever that work is, God has called you to do something very specific. And so our goal this year is for us to locate the purpose, the whole purpose. Why are you alive? Why have you been given birth? Why are you living? You survived childhood. You survived birth. You survived. You are here today. Do you know yet what your calling is? What is your ultimate contribution in life? What has God called you to do? Are you making progress toward the very reason God has graciously allowed you to live? That's our goal for the year. And so last month we looked at the first step. And that is to be free from anything that tangles you up, that keeps you distracted. Be free. And this month, we're talking about being focused. Caesar mentioned it a moment ago, being focused. Now, if you're like me, focus is hard to do. It is hard to focus. To focus means to concentrate on a single idea or a single purpose, to put away the clutter of confusion and distraction. To focus means that I am looking straight ahead, like Jesus looking ahead at the cross and, and knowing what his father sent him to do. And I am not going to get distracted with all the stuff that seems to pop up out of nowhere, right? So in ancient times, the Jews had this interesting uh, custom that whenever they, uh, you know, would enter into villages that were not Jewish, they had this custom uh, in ancient times, and, and it was to signify their focus and their purity. They would walk through a town or a village, and once they got to the edge of the village, before they left, they would actually take off their shoes and shake the dust off. Shake the dust off as if I don't want any part of the influence of that place to stick into my life. They would shake off their feet in order to separate, to show this, to signify a separation from non-believing people, people that are not of the faith. They didn't want to absorb any part of that pagan influence, so they would literally shake the dust 
off their feet. And by doing so, they made it clear to everyone around them, made it very obvious and public that there is no relationship between us and them. That we, are, we, we have a goal, we know what our purpose is, we know who we are, and not even the dust in this place is gonna remain in our lives. So they would shake off their feet. No agreement, there's no ties here. And you remember the story and, and, and perhaps the, the place that we remember th these ideas most is when Jesus sent his disciples into the towns and the villages that he was gonna go and preach. And when he sent them, he told them, gave them very specific instructions that you were to remain in those villages that welcomed you. If they welcome you, stay. If it is a positive environment, stay. If it's respectful and it's a respectful place, stay, remain there, eat what is set before you. Stay there, don't jump around from house to house when you're there. When you enter into the town, you walk, whatever village house uh, welcomes you, whatever family says, hey, stay with us, stay there and, and show tolerance, show compassion and commitment to that welcoming community. However, if that community refuses to welcome you, and if they refuse to listen to your words, and if the conversation is one-sided, where you can't even get a word in, because they're just uh, pounding you with their ideas, and they expect you to tolerate those ideas and their behavior without you even giving a chance to respond. Jesus says, if that's the case, then it's time to leave. It's time to cut ties with that place Leave that city, but before you go, shake the dust off your feet and protest to them. Shake the dust off your feet. Let them know that you have no part of that city and that city has no part in you. To shake the dust off your feet is symbolic. It's a gesture that signifies that you have purged yourself from any lingering uh, influence, any lingering connection. I I'm just passing through and even the dust in this place is not worthy to stick on my life. I'm going to shake it off and keep on moving. All ties are broken. It's a complete severance, a breaking free, and it indicates that from here on out, no part of the influence of this place is going to follow me. Even the thoughts, the memory, from here on out, no residue, no memory, not even the slightest connection exists. I am cutting ties with this place completely. But it wasn't just the shaking off of dust from the feet. If you were to read Nehemiah, Nehemiah shook out his clothes when he found that Israel was, was obstinate, disobedient with God, and they would not listen to what he was trying to tell them. And he was speaking to Israel and trying to convince them and, and, and plead with them because he loved them and they refused to listen. At some point, Nehemiah just shook out his clothes. In fact, it says in Nehemiah 5.13, he says, I also shook out the folds of my robe. And I said, in this way, may God shake out his house and possessions, every, uh, his house and uh, possessions Every man who does not keep his promise, so may such a man be shaken out and emptied, as if God is just shaking him, them out of his covenant, shaking them out of his plan, shaking them out of his promises. A nonverbal gesture that says a whole lot, that says that, hey, ties are, are being cut now. 
This is a last result, a resort after you've tried and you've tried and you try and you say, man, what am I doing still in this place? There's no progress. There's no, there's nothing is happening. I'll just shake the dust off my feet and move on. That's what it was signifying. It was a sign to those who would not agree with the message of the gospel or the message from God that you have nothing in common with the people in that place. In fact, it says, in fact, like you, you can even keep your dust to yourself. I'm moving on. And this is exactly what Paul was doing in Corinth in Acts chapter 18, verse 6. It wasn't the first time he shook dust off in protest. He did the same thing in Acts chapter 13, verse 51, where he was trying to reach people and he had ran into such a difficult time trying to reach the Jews. He ran it, it was so hard for him. It was such a, a, a problem. In fact, the Bible says that, that they abused him. They were mistreating him. And it was almost systematic where they planned to make things hard. They persecuted him. And so he shook off the dust of his feet. And here in Acts chapter 18, verse 6, it says, But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your heads, your own heads. I am clear of my responsibility from now on. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. He said, from now on. So for Paul, this was a decisive moment for Paul. It was a clarifying moment, a moment of refocus. What am I doing spinning my wheels in this place? God is giving, now I understand. You know, I'm, I'm over here, you know, I was first called to the Gentiles in the first place. When Jesus first called Paul, if you remember way back in Acts chapter nine, Jesus specifically said, this is my chosen instrument, speaking of Paul, to carry my name before the Gentiles. And he's trying and trying and trying out of his love for his people to reach them. He loved them so much that he tried and he tried and he tried in vain. Now, there were some Jews that responded and they gave their lives to the Lord and, they, and they're living for God and loving God. But there were for the most part, man, this was not your purpose. This was not your calling. Find your focus and stay there. And when Paul uh, finally saw just how, how abusive they had become for him, it was at this time in Acts chapter 18 that he finally was able to refocus his efforts. He shook out his clothes in protest and said, from now on, I will go to the Gentiles. You know, today, the one thing that people find the hardest to do in life is to cut things loose, to cut things loose, to sever, whether they be relationships, cut old ties, to move on uh, in the direction and the purpose God has for us. It's easy, you know, most of us, we have no problem entering into relationships and entering into commitments. It's easy to sign a contract, easy to get into, but to try to get out of it. Oh man, it's nearly impossible. It's nearly impossible. What becomes so difficult in severing unhealthy commitments is that we've committed ourselves. How do you cut ties that need to be cut? 
How do you cut ties when it comes to a point where you realize, man, you know, what am I doing here? I'm spinning my wheels. I'm putting all of my life energy into something that, man, it, I, there's no result. There's no fruit. How do I cut the, the ties here? How do you break free from circumstances that drain you from, from every ounce of life you have in you? Have you been there before? When you think about it, man, cutting ties sounds like a negative thing. It sounds so negative to think about cutting ties, cutting relationships. But when you think about it, on the contrary, it can be a very healthy thing, a very liberating thing, a life-giving thing to say, you know what, I can cut these ties and move on and, you know, find out what God really wants you to do. Jesus tells us that God the Father is constantly pruning our lives. He is like a gardener that looks at us, man, there's branches in my life that are fruitless, that are bearing no fruit. So God comes along and, and does me a favor and begins to cut things out of my life. It may hurt for a moment, but thank God that I'm able to bear fruit once all that junk is out of my life to cut the ties that don't matter. All too often, people enter into places and events and commitments, whether they be relationships, hello, or there other kinds of connections with people or groups of people. And if the situation is bad, people often carry the residue of that bad relationship with them for the rest of their lives. They never seem to sever that thing. They never seem to, to understand this principle of shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. Keep going. Have no residue of that stuff in your life, man. Find a way to cut it and move on. Man, that, amen, I'm trying, brother. <laughs> bad behavior. Bad behavior becomes dust, right? Bad lifestyles become dust. Bad philosophies, like, like little Caesar just talked about. Bad philosophy, it becomes dust, it sticks to you. Bad breakups, our past failures, past mistakes, wrong decisions, habits, man. Unproductive memories that float around in your mind, it becomes dust, man. Thoughts that just pop out of nowhere. Netflix, Facebook, all of it can become dust at some point. At some point, you got to cut it loose. All or any of these things will stick to us like dust. Now you think about dust. You think about how it, how it is and what it does. Think about how it accumulates and covers. Whatever it is, it settles on. It just kind of settles on. You don't have to be you know, physically putting the dust on yourself for it to stick to you. It'll stick to you simply because it seeks you out, simply because you are present in this place. You are among the people who, who live in this dust. It just attracts itself to you. It sticks to you simply by your presence. Wherever you walk, you collect a bit of that environment in your life. Dust, it will seek you out. And all you're doing is minding your own business, just passing through, walking through. This is not only true in the physical world, it's true in the social world. It's true in the spiritual world. This is why Jesus says, man, shake the dust off your feet. All that particles of, of influence, particles of ideas and behavior of, and thoughts that cling to you, man, and it stays with you. Shake it off. 
that spiritual process and the act, a drama, shake it off. Let me take this stuff and shake it out of my clothes, shake it off my, my feet, man, shake it out of my head, get it off my hands, man, all my thoughts, man. I need to go other places. I, I can't be caught up in this place that's messing me up. I wonder if you can shake the dust off this morning. If there are things that you realize, man, I need to, I've never shaken that dust off. I've never shaken off Sancho. Hello, somebody. I've never sh shaken off whatever it may be. Shake that stuff off of your life. Can you shake off the dust this morning? Man, even Taylor Swift talks about shaking things off, right? If she knows, you know, what about us? Can you shake off the influence? Some of the places and people you've encountered in the journey of your life. You're going somewhere. God has you going somewhere. And some of the people that you've encountered and the things and the experiences that you've encountered in life may not be agreeable. It may be a plan of the devil that you ran into so-and-so or this circumstance, these events, and it just stuck, sticks to you, the memories of it. And it hinders every effort that you make to try and do something positive for yourself, positive for your family, positive for the ones you love. Here is the residue of past uh, circumstances, past relationships, abusive circumstances. It's time to shake that stuff off. Some people may be abusive and difficult. Places may have been hostile to your faith, hostile to what you believe or because of your, your message, because of the positivity that you try to bring. Paul was doing nothing but trying to bring something positive, trying to offer them eternal life, trying to love them, trying to guide them, trying to offer them something. And they were abusive, abusive. Think about how, how this happens to people, man, in, in relationships, you know, one person trying to give and give and give and instill something of good, you know, positive, uh, you know, uh, nature in, in a relationship and the other person is just abusive, abusive. Man, cut that stuff loose. Cut it loose. Jesus told his disciples, man, carry nothing out of that place. Leave it all there. Don't even let the residue of that place remain in your life. Shake it off. Remove it. Because if it's not removed, it remains. It stays on you. This is why Paul shook out his clothes. He's saying, man, I'm not going to take any of this place with me. Nothing of this place with me. I came to bring you something. I came to share something. I came to share something of worth with you. There comes a time where the rejection and the abuse has to end. And, and it's up to you to come to a place where you shake it off. You know, this morning, there may be some of us who need a little refocusing. There may be areas in our lives we wonder, man, you know, man, did I ever just really sever those things? And, and there may be lingering thoughts, lingering, you know, uh, regrets and whatever it may be that just stays with us. Cut it this morning. Cut it. There may be some of us who have tried to make something happen that just isn't happening. It's just, you know, stop spinning your wheels. Cut it. Maybe time to shake off the dust, to refocus in the direction God really wants you to walk in. Cut the, the drama, man, cut the, the stress, and let it be known that whatever covenant you had in that circumstance, in that situation, in that relationship, is, is over, and that we can move on in our lives. Amen?
The Bible says when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes and protested them and said, your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. It was a clarifying moment for Paul. It was like the Jews were on a sinking ship, man, and, and he's trying to save them, trying to save them. He realized, man, this ship, I can't save this ship. I can stay tied to it, or I can cut the ties and live. And he decided to cut the ties. Let the ship sink, man. Don't, don't go down with, with some bad ship, some ship that's not gonna sail anyway. And as hard as he tried to save, because he loved his people, you know, God, God, you know, gave him this, this incredible influence and this incredible calling to, to reach out to the, to the Gentiles. And, and, and he did an amazing job as he went from place to place preaching the gospel. And many Jews gave their lives to the Lord. But there were other people that God can use. So he's, you're not the only person in the army. You're not the only person that God can call upon to reach that person Maybe there's some places, some people that others have to reach. And, and we just let it go. And so God is calling you to something specific. And whatever that is, that's what we need to be about. That's what it means to focus. That's what it means to find our calling. What Paul did was symbolic. It was an analogy of the stickiness of the stuff that happens in bad relationships among bad people. The power of bad influence. It's, it's more contagious than a virus, man. And people are trying to protect themselves these days because of all kinds of viruses. You know, uh, Jesus says, hey, shake, shake the dust off your feet, man. At some point in life, we need to take his advice. Amen. So if that's you, I want you to stand with me this morning. I'd like to pray. I'd like to pray for us. I want us to think about what this might mean what this might mean when we think about the journey that we're on in life. Father God, I pray this morning as we think about your word, as we think about this, this symbol, this, this analogy of, of influence being dust, of behavior being dust, philosophies like dust that settle on our heads, our minds, on our hearts that impact our behavior, that stays with us long after we leave the places we've been. Father, teach us, my God, to shake those things off. Help us, my God, to understand how, how, to, how to sever things mentally and spiritually, to sever those relationships, those lingering thoughts and things that keep us in a frame of mind that is unproductive, I pray, my God, that you would empower us simply by the call that you have upon our lives to do something specific and anything that hinders the calling that you've placed upon us, that hinders that calling to simply be a father or a mother, a husband or a wife, that hinders our calling to be a leader, a Christian, a believer, an influence of good to those that need to hear the gospel. And anything that tries to hinder the good that you've called us to do and to be, that we would shake the dust off of our feet to keep on moving. This, I pray, Lord God, be the wisdom that you share with us this morning. 
that you would impart in us that ability, Father God, to stay on the, on the journey that you've given us. We ask this in Jesus' name, for it's in his name we pray. Amen, amen. And with every head still bowed and every eye closed, this morning I, I just want to make a plea, a plea for salvation, a plea this morning that we, in some instances, we are so caught up in, in the things of life that, that sometimes we don't have adequate time for Jesus. And this morning, Jesus is knocking on the door of your life. And he's asking you to shake loose the things that have occupied your time, occupied your mind, that kept you from your children, kept you from your spouse, kept you from fulfilling the, the calling and the purpose that he has for you. He's, he loves you. He's calling you. And if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, man, I've been distracted by things and I know that God has a purpose and a call upon my life and I want to get at what God has allowed me, graciously allowed me to live towards. I want to get at that thing that God has called me to do in life. If that's you, just by raising your hand, I want you to say, Lord, help me. Amen. I see those hands. I see those hands. Father God, I pray for those, my God, individuals that raise their hand this, this moment, like, that you would speak to them, that you would touch them. Let this be a symbol of their acknowledging you, a calling out to you. And I pray that you would meet them right now, Lord God. Whomsoever will, my God, let them come to you and let not be hindered. And I pray that you would minister to their hearts right now, that they would receive you as Lord and Savior and live for you, my God, unhindered. My God, touch their lives, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you raise your hand, you say, you know what, I need Christ. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins and I ask you to fill my life with direction with purpose, but most of all, forgiveness. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you said that prayer, God has forgiven you and all things will be new from this day forward, amen. I'm gonna ask you to come. If God has spoken to you, maybe, maybe you realize, man, there's areas in my life that have remained you know, in my life, the influences and ties and things that have never been cut. Man, it's time to start severing those things. Why don't you come? Come to the altar. Find a place of prayer. Come and think about. Think about your purpose. What is my purpose? God, reveal to me my purpose. Reveal to me my calling. Who can I be? Who can I, who can I be for my children, for my family? Who can I be? What, what, what do you hold for me in my future? What have you called me to do, to fulfill, to accomplish? God, I need your strength this morning.